Uh, so the ones that get kind of, I think it's highlighted in like blue. Yeah, I've but, only got the one. It just says first. Yeah, that means you can cast that spell uh, as a like second level spell, and it'll have some increased effect. Yeah, th so. yeah. Think of it like trying to upcast something. You can either cast it at a lower level to do a lesser effect, higher level to do something bigger and better. Gotcha. Scaling spells are really cool too because they're a little bit more versatile. And in general, you can always use a higher level spell slot to cast a lower level spell, like if you ever run out. So like it doesn't have to specifically be one of those spells. If those are just the ones that get benefit from doing so. It's welcome everyone to the grand city of Polaris. Situated <clears throat> Excuse me, the Grand City of Maginox, situated in the realm of Polaris, a land of eternal night. This realm is home to a host of vampires, werewolves, and other denizens that prefer to dwell in darkness and have found a new life here, under the light of the moon. In the bustling city of Polaris, it is a throng of tourism and trade, meticulously put together by vampiric houses, nobles, and courts that scheme together in order to keep their rules and regulations on the up and up and to keep the money flowing into Polar, or excuse me, into Borealis. What, where, what city are we in? Maginox, <laughs> holy shit. I'm focused, I'm moisturized, I'm flourishing, I'm in my lane. <laughs> the noble houses of Maginox wish to keep the tourism flowing and the bodies flowing as well. For a host of vampires situated in a land of eternal night in a city that technically never sleeps will always need something to dine on where pieces of yourself, body parts and blood can be traded for goods and services. <clears throat> You can find just about anything you need to augment yourself in a city like Maginox. But amidst its darkness, there tends to be a little bit of light, a little bit of brevity, and some jovality in, in how the people live. The beastmen and the lower castes that have carved out businesses for themselves within Maginox <clears throat> have sort of formed together in a quasi-camaraderie, keeping to themselves and trying to vie for influence and power to carve out their own destinies amidst the turmoil of the vampires. Maginox itself is host to a wealth of undead given new life through a mystical accident long ago. And here, you four have traveled together for a short time, perhaps meeting at an, at an adventurer's guild and doing odd jobs for cash. After finishing up, 
your latest job, and cashing in the meager earnings at the Adventurer's Guild, you've all found yourself here, at Cozy's Den, ready to kick your feet up, have a drink, play some cards, or roll some dice. And that's where we'll start our adventure. One moment, please. You may now move about freely. As you open the door to Cozy's Den, a bustling local habitat, and the wooden stairs creak as you walk down them, Dreon, and a curtain stands in your way blowing lightly in the wind. Although you can't see past it, you feel like you could just push past it without problem. And as you enter the den proper, you see a wealth of patrons sitting about. All of different sorts of backgrounds and shapes, colors and sizes. The mood is lighthearted and an entertainer at the center of the bar is lightly playing a lute. Other patrons sit around at tables scattered around the bar, eating, conversing. A barkeep sits behind a thick bar towards the south end of the room. The barkeep appears to be uh, a very stacked kobold, top-heavy, wide-shouldered, tiny-headed, and even tinier-footed. He stands on a stool to take orders, and his arms are seemingly unnaturally long for his frame. Maybe he just works out. The barkeep... So, uh, we... hmm? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. So, do we have any um, jobs lined up that we know of, or are we kind of just, like, in between jobs right now? Uh, right now you're in between jobs. Okay. So there's... Always more to do at the Adventurer's Guild, but you also do know if there's work to be done, it is usually good to f or easy to find a spot of work at a local tavern. Cozy's Den is no exception. And would we have any gold on hand from existing jobs? Or ah, yes. We... Let's yeah. talk about your existing jobs. <clears throat> so, for us to start out, and Kozlo's currently dancing about the entertainer, um, first off, we'll have to give you some equipment. Now, everybody should have your starting equipment. You didn't choose starting equipment when you made your character. I will look at it now. But make sure you have at least your starting equipment. You should also have 100 gold, in addition to any gold left over from your starting, uh, starting equipment. Aside from that, from your previous job, and your previous experience as adventurers, you being level 4, I will allow you the choice of either a plus 1 weapon, or a plus 1 piece of armor, of your choice. Cool. I'm gonna take a plus 1 glaive. Alright, Drian, you can add a plus 1 glaive to your inventory, and I will note that. Alright, so Dreon takes the plus one glaive. And let's see. Azrael, would you like a plus one weapon? Or would you like 
armor. Now I know we did uh, briefly talk about this and you had a, um, a suggestion, um, which I approved, but please let the party know what you chose. Uh, Azrael chose armor. All right, Azrael will choose armor. Kozlo, what would you like, my friend? Uh, I had not thought this far. <laughs> and at least for artificers, it looks like um, you can wear light armor, medium armor, and shields. And then your weapons, um, let's see, firearms, a simple weapon, or um, let's see, crossbows are also fine if you'd like a plus one light crossbow. And it looks like your current armor, uh, you have studded leather, so you can do a studded leather plus one if you like. Yeah, let's do the crossbow, I guess. Crossbow? Okay. Uh, do you feel comfortable adding that to your inventory, or would you like me to do it? Uh, I can do it. Okay. A plus one light crossbow for you, sir. Let's say plus one light crossbow. Wonderful. Two gum. I'm going to choose the armor. I want to choose the armor. Okay, so currently you are wearing leather armor. So I am going to add plus one leather armor to your inventory and I will equip it for you. Leather armor. <clears throat> I dress myself. I, I dress myself. <laughs> da -da -da -da. Why leather? Okay, leather, studded leather, armor. See, leather. Leather plus one, thank you. Add to equipment. Whip. All right, Tugum, if you refresh your character sheet, uh, it should have your brand new armor class, a whopping 13. Hooray. The spoils of your previous encounter. All right, well, now that we have you equipped and don't forget your gold, you can feel free and gamble it away here at Cozy's Den. The barkeep greets you all warmly as you come through the curtain and begin to take in the sights and sounds of the, the inn. Hezreal steps to the, like, where the light is, immediately stops, and just slides back into one of this under this table in the shadows. <laughs> okay. And starts talking, puts her hood up, or puts their hood up, and you can see kind of you guys have all noticed this now at this point. Uh, immediately starts talking with themselves, very quietly. That's it. <laughs> Rian is going to slam the bar, trying to get the barkeep's attention. Just slam it with his paw. Uh, the barkeep turns to look at you from uh, the, the minotaur he was conversing with just a moment ago. Oi, bruv, what can I get you? Have you been here before? Um, if if you like. You can have been a patron here before. Okay, uh, just asking, because um, I'm assuming if they've been here before, then Dreon and probably everyone else would know the menu. Is there, like, a specifically, like, hard drink that's, like, well-known around here? I know what, let's say this is your first time here at Cozy's Den. Okay. Give me your hardest drink. Mm. All right. I'll give you something that'll knock your fuzzy little socks off. 
Uh, and he begins uh, going behind the counter and making your drink. Drion just kind of grunts um, and waits for his drink. The Minotaur next to you looks down and gives you a, a polite nod. Drion kind of turns, stares, takes like takes like probably like three to five seconds just looking him over, and then just gives like a curt nod and looks back to the bar. Uh, after a moment, the kobold barkeep hops up on the stool and passes you a, what appears to be a lightly smoking goblet. Uh, Drian, Drian like doesn't waste any time for words, but on the bar, he just actually like takes it and takes like a swig from it. Um, any any like perspective on you and what it tastes like, or can I just kind of like roll with it? Uh, make me a Constitution saving throw. Nice. <laughs> Told you tastes I'd knock like your socks off. Constitution saving throw. Tastes like Constitution. Uh, Sixteen. Very well. Well, it doesn't cause you to gag or anything, but it's currently well warming you. You've never had a spicy brew before, and whatever herbs have been steeped into this kind of reminds you of pine trees or perhaps juniper berries. And in fact, with a little bit of hint of licorice on the end, it's got kind of a nose burn. Uh, Drian, like, kind of like exhales. Oh, that is good. What do I owe you? You want a tab? Yeah, probably a good idea. Alright. Coslo, Tugum, you gotta try this shit. Oi! Wait, wait, what do you get? What do you get? What do you get? Give me one! Give me one! Alright. Come and roll it up! like jittering all over the place. <laughs> I warned you, little one. No open flames. <laughs> and he sets the goblet in front of you. It is the same size as Dreon's. Kozlo just, like, downs the thing in one big stupid gulp. Make me a constitution saving throw. Uh, I hope I fail it. Ah. Whoop. Very good, Kozlo. Oh, did it go twice? Whoops. Did I? I just deleted the other one. <clears throat> a 15. You taste the same kind of pine and juniper berries, perhaps a hint of licorice, and it's warm. Uh, but after a while, boy, howdy, you sure feel warm inside, even though you do kind of smell like a Christmas tree. And what do you think of that? <laughs> it's great! Perfect! Thanks! Yeah, remember no open flame! Oh, right, what can I get for you? He uh, regards Tugum. I'll just have two flagons of mead. All right, coming right up. The kobold begins pouring two tall and very foamy glasses of mead. And he passes them back to you. There you go. He, he eyes you up and down uh, and gives you a curious look. Oh, yeah. Are you an entertainer? Not today, I'm not. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, our, our friend over there, he uh, nods to the orc behind you, who, curiously, is also an entertainer. Uh, you see, he's, he's got a little, well, his playlist isn't particularly diverse. Uh, I was thinking I could diverse it up a little bit. 
Are you sure I can't convince you to play a few songs? He, like, pulls out a gold coin. I got coin in it for you. Uh, maybe later. I'm going to take these two and walk away now. Okay. You take I eye the bartender with a suspicious look. Okay. You take your uh, you take your glasses of uh, of mead, and you uh, scamper away. Uh, oh. As Dreon makes his way back to the bar, uh, he sees like Kozla just spinning around like some mad dervish. Kozla, quit it! You're gonna fucking knock someone over. <laughs> <coughs> no, no, we're we're good, we're good. <laughs> Dreon just fucking like shakes his head, looking down. Boy, it seems like that drink didn't slow down your friend any bit. He points at the goblin, currently rocketing about the the den. They find something that slows him down anywhere, ever. I want to fucking see it. <laughs> Not sure it exists. He laughs. And does a little, little green guy like some uh, dice games? Kozlo is suddenly very attentive. I'm, I'm going to guess so. He likes most things that are bad for his health. The barkeep laughs. The barkeep laughs. Listen, we don't just have drinks here. You go through the curtain on the left, and you can go get. Oh, you can go fight. Oh, wow. Kind of thing that wouldn't take it personally. He's, uh, well, he's, he's, uh. Oh, there he goes. Oh, dear. There goes Coslo. Coslo, you go through the curtain. Uh, and you enter into another room. This one a, a little bit more subdued. A group of people appear to be uh, seated around a table, currently playing cards, being entertained by a dancer. A couple other curtains uh, lie to the north of you, and they are currently closed. Uh, the dancer greets you as you enter. Uh, she is hey, a, how are you doing? She's a lith young drow. Uh, wearing a a decorative purple bikini. She smiles at you warmly. Hello, little one. How can I help you today? Hey, uh, guy in the other room told me to go through the curtain, so here I am. Well, you've come to the right place. Would you like a dance, or would you like to game? She gestures to the pillow here. Oh! And the dancer is dancing. Good time. Uh, meanwhile, outside of the curtain, uh, Tugum and Azrael. Uh, Azrael, Tugum approaches your table with two flagons of mead. Hello, Tugum. What's going on? Oh, nothing. What do you have there? I have mead for me. Oh, lovely. I'm just enjoying listening to your conversation with yourself. Oh, <laughs> yes, everybody is so talkative right now. It's, it is very loud. Uh, speaking no, of loudness. No, he did not get us mead. No, of course not. You can't even drink it anyway. Go back, go back to Timmy, put it down. Uh, this orc entertainer comes up behind you with his lute, and he strums it a few times. Ah, and he begins uh, singing. 
Azrael like turns very deliberately, but like head stays entirely level the whole time and just makes eye contact with him. Oh, goody. Music. Oh, she came through the curtain. She looked kind of wrecked. He got a couple of meads and not one for her. He goes around to them. Oh dear. Why He's not would very you do good, something so rude? Get your friend a drink at the bar. He points at the bar. <laughs> uh, it's a terrible song. And you uh, understand why the barkeep is looking for additional entertainment here at the den. Oh, no, I, I'm okay. Thank you very much. I don't... I don't require a drink. You are very bad. Uh, he strums his lute. And she was also deaf. And to he... him, downs one flagon of his mead and rips the lute out of the entertainer's hand. <laughs> Okay, uh, the enter- uh, the entertainer, uh, Tugum. Yeah? Make me an athletics check, please. Okay. Uh, you grab the loot from the entertainer's hands. Hey! I throw the loot into the corner but not hard enough so that it breaks just to get the entertainer away from me. It goes, dong, dying, ah, what? Ah! Uh, and the entertainer fucks off. I offer my other flag and a mead to Azriel for being a good sport about what it just witnessed. Oh, no thank you. You should definitely play a song, though, Tugum. I think that would annoy him more. She has, they have this like, creepy smile go across their face that looks like somebody who's only ever heard a smile described and is trying to, like, <laughs> replicate it. It's a very fake and wooden smile. Very creepy. Like, somebody behind her face is pushing up the sides of her lips with their fingers. Ha <laughs> ha! Alright, you want to see how it's done? I'll show you how it's done. I down my other flagon of mead. You slam it. Slam it, and I pull out the bagpipes. Alright, uh, you currently have, uh, <clears throat> advantage on your dexterity, excuse me, advantage on your, uh, charisma checks, but disadvantage on intelligence checks. Let's go. Do I, do I need to roll something? <laughs> what are you trying to accomplish as you bust out the bagpipes? Are we doing a rock-off? Yeah, we're gonna do a rock-off. Bagpipes versus the loot. <sighs> the entertainer is uh, currently retuning his loot. Twang, twang, twang. Uh, what do you want, ass? Get out of here, this is my gig. Well, you suck at your gig. I'm taking over this bar now. What? How? Okay, listen. I'm not one for fisticuffs. So let's settle this like gentlemen. This is only Fine. one way what? to do this. And that's with a rock off. 
easy. Even your own bartender doesn't want you here. The bar, the bartender, uh, you see him nod a little bit. What? Fine. He uh, hoists his loot and strums it a couple times. Tugum, you are about to enter a rock-off with the entertainer. You will have to get more successes in a limited amount of time, plus you'll have to win over the hearts of your uh, audience as well with your performance. <clears throat> Asriel, uh is sidles up to you and begins to cast a spell. Azrael, what are you doing? Uh, Azrael walks up behind Tugum and pats him on the shoulder. Oh, you've got this. And walks away. And where they walked away, there is a small, uh, a small, like, ethereal child that only Tugum can see. Kind of like, oh, here, let me help. And, like, starts, like, helping him place his fingers on the bagpipe in places. There you go. That should help. Like, scampers off and evaporates into the air. Uh, uh, you have guidance. Tugum, you, if you roll dice, you get to roll an additional four-sided die and add it to your total. Once. Once. <laughs> okay. The entertainer readies his loot, looks at you evenly, Tugum, and begins the rock-off. He is going to make a performance check in order to try and sway uh, the crowd. Ahem. Uh, he, like, begins to start playing. Drian, like, takes his glaive from, like, over his shoulder and just begins fucking, like, holding it, like, in a, in a place that is, like, too close to the entertainer for comfort. <laughs> like, he is just holding it there, like, staring at him. Make me an intimidation check, Drian. All right. <laughs> the glaive does speak volumes, although the entertainer seems to be focused on his craft. He gives a couple cursory strums, looks at Tugum, and begins the rock off. Oh, Jesus. And a <laughs> string snaps as he was beginning to rock. I'm about to rock your socks! Oh, dear. Tugum. Uh, the audience snickers a little bit as the Quick entertainer uh, frantically restrings his loot. Yes, Tugum. Is there any rule about, like, what exists or doesn't exist in this world in terms of other things? Define other things. Like songs? Um, uh, tell me what you are trying to accomplish. There are songs that exist in this world. Um, they can be local songs. They can be folk songs. There can be rock, metal. Uh, but basically... If you're trying to recreate the sound of metal on a bagpipe, you're probably no, going no, to struggle. No, not that. I was thinking more like Reigns of Castamere? Uh, <laughs> but on bagpipes. Sure. Uh, it wouldn't be exactly, but... Along those lines, though. Along those lines. A okay. Reigns of Castamere. So you're going for a, 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 a more dramatic piece today. Yes. Very well, Tukum. Make me a performance so check. Something that intimidates him some more. Oh. While your performance is admirable, and in fact, better than average, and certainly better than the other t entertainer who's uh, currently nursing a string snap wound on his hand. 
and the bar claps politely as you begin your first refrain of the reigns of Castamere. I dance around him as I play my bagpipes. Shooting him glares. Tukum, if you'd like to make me a DC 15 acrobatics check, I'll let you roll your next performance check with advantage. DC 15, no, what am I doing here? Uh, acrobatics check. And your difficulty okay, just... is 15, so you're trying to hit a 15. Jesus! You dance around him sprightly, and you manage to dodge the chairs and the tables that are kind of in your way. Your next check will be with advantage. Meanwhile, behind the curtain, Oslo, you have certainly embroiled yourself in a round of gambling. What is your game of choice, my little goblin friend? I... Honestly, I'm just playing whatever they were playing as I sat down, even okay. if I don't know the rules. The four are currently playing blackjack. Would you like to play a hand? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the dealer begins to deal out cards. First, <clears throat> to the knoll to the left, with the blonde mane and the bluish skin. And then next, to the tiefling sitting next to you the golden skin and horns, and the very fashionable mustache. And Kozlo, your card. Ah! And last to the uh, Leonin, to your right. And the dealer deals his card. And he'll deal the second card to the group. Kozlo, your second card. Kozlo, would you uh, like to hit, or would you like to stay? Kozlo, you are currently at, uh, you have an ace, and you have a five. You have a six or sixteen. And the dealer's was the uh, dealer. Dealer has uh, not shown yet. Dealer has a jack showing. Ah. <laughs> yeah, give me another one! He deals you another card. He claps and deals the next card to the Leonin. Kozlo, you win a meager payout. We'll say you put in five gold. You win five gold. Next time you can declare your Hell bet. Yeah. The rest of the hand plays out. The Kenku regards you, Kozlo. Hey, what up the stakes a little bit? No, no thanks. I don't, I don't eat steak. All right. Well, how about how about you put a little bit more gold on the table, you? Oh yeah, gold. I freaking love gold. Yeah, let's get some real gambling going on here. Come on, boys. Hundred in. Uh, everybody's like shaking their head. No, no, it's too rich for my blood. No, it's too rich for my blood. All right, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he just drops a hundred coins on the table. <laughs> uh, would you like to try and persuade the others to join you in your gambling? Uh, so Kozlo would be very, very excited just looking at the gold that's now on the table. <laughs> you have uh, dumped what appears to be your satchel of gold on the table. Uh, there's a lot of gold on the table now. There's a hundred and a hundred, but if you want to convince them to go even further in, they might be convinced to, uh, bet more. 
Yeah, I would. So Kozlo would like glance back and forth between the other two that haven't put anything in and be like, you go, you go, come on, 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 come on. Make me a persuasion check. Uh, <laughs> they shake their head. Oh, Coslo, perhaps it's merely you and the the knoll, surprisingly. Alright, Coslo, here's your card. Do it! Uh, the dealer shows uh, two of hearts. And he asks if you would... Uh, oop, here's your second card. You're at nine. He asks you if you'd like to hit or stay. Yeah, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me! Uh, 19. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. All right. The dealer deals himself a card. I'm sorry, shows uh, his second card. That's six. Uh, 13. 19. Uh, you get your money back. Kozlo is just has no idea that he's only pushed and he's just very excited to be collecting all of this gold. I'm rich. I'm rich. My own <laughs> He runs off to inform his friends of how rich he is now. <laughs> the whole other table is left stunned. Kozlo, you've entered into what appears to be a rock-off. Oh, holy sh- <laughs> uh, Well, a rock-off that's not going anywhere. Oh, come on, you- uh, He's trying to very vainly uh, restring his loot. Uh, he struggles. Fine, I'll just sing it without the loot. Ahem. I've got the pipes! Tugum. He does have a little bit of pipes and carries a tune even without... Well, his terrible, terrible loot. Perhaps it was holding him back this whole time. Tugum beat an 18. Or sorry, 15. You also have guidance. You can add another d4 to your roll. What do I have to roll? Performance. Performance. You also have advantage on this one, right? You do have advantage. So roll uh, twice. Take the better number. Okay, I'm at 10, and then add, and then roll a d4, and then add that yeah. to your total. That's perception, not performance, the oh, second one. Oh. Yep, roll performance one more time. Okay, so, and then add a d4. You're trying to hit 15, d4. you need to roll a 4. Where's a d4 at? Uh, you can either type slash uh, roll 1d4 in the chat or hit the triangle uh, in the bottom of the foundry. You can have all you know, all the dice are down there. Ooh, so close. You try and outsing the entertainer, countering his lungs with yours. But he just sings a little bit louder and drowns you out. I, I nod and I put away my bagpipes and in exchange I pull out the war gong. The entertainer blinks. Oh, w w what is that? I shoot Dreon a look from his earlier intimidation. And I start to beat the drum over the sound of the entertainer singing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have imposed disadvantage on the entertainer's next roll. Tugum, give me one more performance check. And the entertainer will roll twice and take the worst roll. Go past it. And here comes the second one. Uh, okay, he takes the 12, so you have to beat a 12 and you rolled a 17. 
The war gum, gong, uh, a rather unique instrument, does indeed was it what it says it does, and gongs throughout Cozy's den with a loud splash. Uh, the entertainer, frustrated, lootless, and his voice cracking, begins to leave with tears in his eyes. Good goodbye. You are truly terrible. Tugum, you... Good job, Tugum. I didn't want to have to actually cheat, but I would have. <laughs> Tugum, you have uh, beaten the other bard entertainer, and the barkeep tosses you a small satchel of gold. Well, that was different. <laughs> Do you take the I satchel take, of gold? I take the satchel of gold and buy a round of drinks for Dreon, Kozlo, and Azriel. Good. Uh, you gain five gold. And drunk friends. A round of this uh, very interesting drink is served to everyone. Steaming hot. And again, filling your noses with the scent of pine and juniper. Well, that was, uh, that was pretty impressive. Well done. Do you have any other work that needs doing? He, he chuckles. As the gym, uh, forgot the voice for the barkeep, it's vaguely British. Oh yeah, I've got some work. Kind of you looking for adventures? We can handle a bunch of different work. You see there, Tugum does musical things. Kozlo, we don't talk about what Kozlo does. <laughs> we need someone beat up, we can do that too. He nods. Uh, no trouble around here today. But, uh, you know, we've got another cadre of adventurers who just came in uh, hiding in the back. I shouldn't say hiding there. Probably playing some cards over... He jams his finger behind the curtain. Oh yeah, they're playing cards! I, I won! I'm rich! Hey, good job. Good job, Lupin. Hey, hey, takes go the talk to them! And, uh, just as soon as Kozlo downs his... For your previous one, Azrael just like slides this one in front of him. Kazo is just incredibly surprised that his drink has refilled itself. Mm hmm. It's exactly what I happened. love this place! I just keep winning! <laughs> or keep laughs. Hey, welcome to Maginox! The dancer. Dances. <laughs> I like her dance. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Please have a seat. Please get comfortable. Uh, Dreon looks at the looks at the one seat, looks at Ezreal, Tugum, and then sits down. <laughs> uh, the adventurers sitting around the table regard you all and welcome you and add more pillows to the circle around their area. The the lion here gets to his feet. And Drian, uh, you also recognize him as one of your race, the proud Leon and the lions. And this one appears to be bedecked in some sort of ranger-like armor, full leathers, a bow strapped across his back, multiple daggers at his waist. He looks like 
a relatively seasoned adventurer and has the scars to boot. Over here, the, the tiefling, sitting on the, <clears throat> excuse me, sitting on the pillow, has odd, almost sunflower-colored skin and matching horns that seem to blend seamlessly into his uh, interesting coloration. He, too, is wearing battered and bruised leather armor uh, that has seen quite a bit of battle and actually has some dried blood here or there that he hasn't cleaned up yet. The knoll down here used to be keeping to himself, sitting cross-legged on the pillow with his fuzzy feet tucked under him. Uh, between his paws, he is cradling and playing with various gold coins and giggling to himself. Uh, the dealer, he just looks bored and is waiting for the next round of cards to begin. He gestures to everyone to join. Please have, have a seat, have a seat. Everybody's here to gamble. Let's get some cards going. Kozlo attempts to clamber up on the same, like, seat that Dreon is on. Like, sitting on an edge. You have an edge of a pillow with the large Le uh, Leonin's butt. The tiefling yeah. shares pillow with Tugum. The lion stands. Oh, well, you all look like... Well, about as good as us, he laughs. Ah, oh, welcome. My name's Leon. It's a pleasure to meet your all acquaintances. I'm just going to do a quick investigation check on the Leonin and just see if he can, like, well, he knows nothing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, a you, lion. you investigate uh, nothing. The sound of your uh, stomach rumbling in hunger. And I... Kashiba. Trion <laughs> uh, stands up and he looks at the Leonin and he goes, Brother? He nods. Brother, it's good to see another lion coming from such a long distance. Oh, you go where the work goes, right? He nods. I acknowledge your prowess. He says in a very traditional Leonin fashion, showing you respect and strength. Dreon pauses, but then, and I you. And he just kind of inclines his head slightly. Just the slightest bit. He sits. <clears throat> Come, let us share tales together. Of dark days and even darker nights. And Dreon sits back down. Kozlo, like, looks up at Dreon and as much as he's capable of whispering goes, Wait, that guy's your brother? Drian looks at Kozlo. We're the same race. It's it's kind of a, and he uses his hands. He's like, we're kind of like brothers. Yes. I got a buddy. You know, how every goblin is. Goblins are not brothers or sisters. All goblins are your brothers or sisters. Well, most of us, yeah. Am I really got around? <laughs> well, it's it's different. It's not it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Leon coughs politely into his hand. <coughs> uh, well, it is good to see fellow adventurers and aspiring heroes and hail health and good company. First off, let me offer everyone a drink. 
Would anyone care for a drink? He says with <laughs> utmost politeness. And he gestures for the dancer and points at Kozlo, and she leaves. There. Now that we have the hospitality, let us go around and share our names. He places a fuzzy hand to his chest. As I mentioned, my name is Leon of the Clan Fearstrider. He uh, gestures over to Azrael. Oh, we are Azrael. Azrael, an honor and pleasure. And you, he gestures at Kozlo. Kozlo, like, attempts to stand up and puff his chest out as much as his little goblin frame can allow. Kozlo, Greenfinger, at your service! He nods. An honor and a pleasure. Young Greenfinger. <laughs> he sits back down. He nods at Dreon respectfully. Uh, it's worth noting that after he announced that his uh, surname was Fearstride, that Dreon's like, Dreon just goes kind of still. And as he's like watching the rest of the exchange, uh, when it gets to him, he just continues to remain just abnormally still. He just goes, Dreon. An honor and a pleasure. He nods to Tugum. And you. Tugum does not stand. He moves some of the hair out of the way of his eye, looks up at him, and just kind of stares at him while shuffling his three dragon anti set. Anti set. Can I cast a cantrip? I can do that at will, right? Sure. Yeah. What would you like to cast? I'd like to cast message. Okay. To Dreon. Okay. And then, do I just say it out, or is it because it says only the target hears? Uh, so you would just, you would whisper. Okay. And then he would hear it, uh, and only he would hear it. And how do I whisper? You could just shoot me a DM in Discord if you wanted. Okay. Uh, just a minor note, Christina. Uh, mm -hmm. Was it established that Dreon was from Phyronia or Aurelia? Uh, well, your choice. Okay, we'll just say that it's Phyronia. Okay, okay. Uh, Phyronia, you you would understand that the Fear Strider is uh, is a tribe from Phyronia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, Tukum, are you uh, sending a message to Dreon? I am. Yeah. Okay. Let me know when you're all set with that. Uh, in the silence and kind of picking up on the um, minor awkwardness, the tiefling gets to his feet and he says, My name is Gadfrey. He does a small bow and sits back down. And the gnoll, uh, who is currently still snuffling over his uh, gold prize that he has won, uh, he just merely says, Rarf. And Leon nods, yes. And I sent a message Rarf. to Azrael, or to Dreon, sorry, to Dreon. Yeah, I, so Dreon can't message you back, <laughs> so... You, you um, can, as part of the spell. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. never mind. Um, then I'm just going to respond to Discord real quick. 
for a brief moment. Tugum's mouth, uh, mouth moves, but no sound comes out. It is subtle, and if anybody wishes to spot it, um, has to roll a perception check. I'm gonna roll. Sorry, what are we rolling for? Are we... Um, you are not rolling anything. Everybody else is rolling to see why you are whispering with no sound. Kozlo, you notice. And in fact, uh, if you make me an arcana check with a DC of 11, you know what spell he's casting. Easy. Uh, he's seemingly casting a message spell, which you are aware that he is uh, trained in, but it certainly wasn't to you. Who could he be speaking with? Would Can I see Dreon's mouth moving as well? Uh, does Dreon respond? Dreon did respond. Does Dreon uh, try to attempt the fact that he is uh, moving his mouth? He is he is trying to keep it. He's aware of what's going on. He's trying to keep his movements very um, unnoticeable. Uh, Dreon, make me a deception uh, okay. and insight from Kozlo. Okay. He's just speaking all wide lips. <laughs> <laughs> Dreon's bad, but Kozlo is only slightly better. Uh, yeah, his lips are moving under that mass of fur and whiskers. Oh dear, this got very uncomfortable. So Kozlo uh, would notice all of this happening. Yeah, they, um, they seem to be having a whisper network. But... <laughs> because he has no subtlety at all, ever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a message spell! I heard that one! Wait, what are you saying?! Uh, Drian just fucking cranes his head down <laughs> at Kozlo. What are you we're saying? We're discussing what time to go to bed. What? That's a boring use of magic! And Kozl just like starts rummaging around in his Arcanist tools. <laughs> uh, Dreon looks over at Leon. Uh, and no one said the adventuring life would be glorious, huh? He shakes his head. That it is not. Uh, Leon's a little, a little off put by this. Uh, Drian, Drian Tugum, or anybody here, uh, would you like to try and save a little face with the lion, or would you like to have the conversation continue on as is? It was Drian's attempt at saving face, so like that was that was it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the conversation. Either mm -hmm. I disregard his feelings over my own. Understood. <clears throat> he sits back down down on the pillow. And uh, his brow furrows for a moment before speaking. <clears throat> Most assuredly, and forgive me if I am being presumptuous, but I am assuming you are all here because you are looking for work. And perhaps a bit of gold to line your pockets. Kozlo immediately perks up. It's it's where it's probably like it might be a subtle thing, but it, it's probably some people may pick up on the fact that Dreon was very keen to get work initially in the other room, and now he's like, you know, hesitating to answer. <clears throat> but then, uh, as after Kozlo says something, um, Dreon just kind of nods slightly and just goes, "Yes, we're looking for work." Uh, he uh, has depends on the job, buddy. Yes, of course. 
We would not want to do anything that would tarnish your stellar reputation. Wait, since when do we care about what the job is? <laughs> he coughs. Did is that a new rule? Did I miss that? I'm sorry. Also, since when do we care about our reputations? Drian again just looks at Coslo and just icily, right? And then he looks at Leon. We'll the, take any work you have. The knoll in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> this is something you perhaps will not find at a simple adventurer's guild cleaning out spiders from a vampire's <clears throat> basement and other mundane things. This? No. This is a bit darker. And something that deals with the dark, <clears throat> the darkest parts of Maginox. He leans forward, uh, almost dramatically across the table, looking at you all evenly. Are you sure you're up to the task? Kozlo, like, nudges Drian a little bit and it's like, See, look, we're getting the good jobs now. I'm negotiating. Akash, goddammit, Akash, but Drion, <laughs> uh, Drion is going to nudge Kozlo back, but, like, harder than he intends to. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna make an athletics check, I guess. Okay. Uh, contested athletics, please. Kozlo, uh, you're attempting to be shoved. Kozlo, you, you, you critically succeed, and you can shove Drion instead. Five feet in any direction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fact, you could just like karate flip him onto the table if you wish. So, Kozlo, Kozlo isn't like directly trying to push Drion back. Kozlo just becomes aware that he's about to fall off of the pillow and so grabs a hold of the pillow and like yanks on it in a really awkward way so as to make Drion like fall the other direction. <laughs> uh, Drion, you, you fall off the pillow and you are, uh, you're, you're prone. Sorry, okay, not paralyzed. Would you would you let me do an athletics check to see if I write myself before falling on the ground? Uh, you're a cat. I'll allow it. Okay. I'll allow it. Uh, you so, save you save face. Okay, so Dreon, as he's falling, actually like basically stops himself and stands up, trying to look like this was intended, and looks at Leon and goes, <laughs> "There's no job too difficult for us." Azrael uh, Azrael is gonna insight on Leon. Is he blowing smoke up our ass? Uh, one more. Uh, he's embellishing. Hmm. But the danger is real. He continues, uh, leaning forward dramatically, uh, chuckling at the hijinks of Coslo and Drion in the pillow fight occurring in the corner. Coslo <laughs> just like whispers towards Drion. He's like, wow, that was a really cool move you just did. Coslo or Drion looks down at him. <laughs> you and I are having a talk later. <laughs> Ow! Coslo is familiar what having a, with what having a talk later means and he just gets a little quiet. Coslo <laughs> is grounded. <laughs> Uh, no more dynamite after nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, first, Leon places a rather hefty sack of coins on the table, and it makes a very delightful jingling sound. Up. Let's start the conversation with this. Now that I have your attention. He leans backward slightly, kind of easing the tension. The darker underbelly of Maginox deals with the trade and acquisition of body parts. Some sourced willingly, some sourced unwillingly, and some stolen from graves, defiled. The Leon's nose wrinkles in disgust, and he looks like he's about to spit upon the ground and refrains. This underground trade that plagues Maginox has startling effects on some of the surrounding areas. <clears throat> We've got wind of certain undead plaguing the area, the mindless, the ones risen without master or without mind. And they tend to be encroaching on the area to the southwest of Maginox. From what we've gathered, <clears throat> a deposed duke has set up a lair somewhere outside of Maginox and is continuing the acquisition and sale of body parts outside the city walls. While the Adventurer's Guild does not wish to point out and bring light to this black market trade. They wish to put a stop to it, subtly, quietly. However, he looks at the assembled. We have also become embroiled in some local conflict. And as such, we cannot follow up on this lead ourselves. Insight check. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, it, that is a falsity. That is a falsity. That is a that is a not truth. <coughs> he sits back down. And so he gestures. We can provide the information that you need to go. Clear out this beaded rat's nest and dispose of any unwanted vampires or undead that may be lurking within. What do you say, adventurer? There's a hardy pr a prize in it for you. Can you tell me of the Duke's position? He nods. <clears throat> the Duke recently was pushed out of favor of some of the other houses because he has been very loose-lipped and careless with his acquisition of parts. He was once, in fact, a somewhat renowned healer and has instead taken to, excuse me, has become more reclusive as of late and has taken his art of healing into darker directions. 
after some of his experiments have come to light and tainted the word, <clears throat> excuse me, the name of the houses he associated with, the houses banished him. And thus, the Duke is no longer to able, er, oh, no longer able to enter Maginox. And the lion leans forward on the table, and also does not fall under the rules. He looks around. Oh, you may not be aware. The vampires have some sort of, he waves a paw, rule that they cannot outright murder or conspire against each other. Some sort of pact. And thus, the dirty work is done for them. He points to the bag of gold on the table. And the dirtier it is, the bigger the bags are. These upper houses want nothing more than this duke dealt with, so they want- <clears throat> so the duke does not taint their good name anymore. Uh, Dreon studies Leon. What about his base of operations? Is it fortified? Are there guards? From what we know, he's been holed up underground, somehow procuring corpses from himself, or for himself, and continuing his experiments. Uh, Dreon looks over at Azrael. What do you think? Azrael's head tilts ever so slightly. I think he sounds like a perfect victim. Dreon looks around to Kozlo and Tugum. You two have any thoughts? Well, sorry, I, I kind of got distracted after he said big dirty bags. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you blow something up, receive gold. Deal? Okay, I'm in! I'm in! I'm in! I'm in! Easy. Uh, he points at Tugum. Yeah. I'm bored enough. Let's figure it out. <laughs> uh, Dreon looks at Leon. We'll take the job. In nods. Uh, and the lion smiles. All fangs and happiness. Very well. He, he laughs. Another round of drinks for my friend as uh, the dancer returns with a full round of drinks for everyone. Cosmos should be getting good and drunk because every drink he downs just magically rematerializes as soon as he's finished. <laughs> he's also very tiny. Yes. I have been around Dreon long enough to know that normally when there is a scantily clad woman around, like, that's what Dreon's looking at. But you notice this time around, like, Dreon is still just, like, razor or laser-focused in on Leon. <laughs> uh, so... Leon looks, or, looks at Azrael. Leon, you mentioned being embroiled in some politics. What did you mean by that? He waves his hand dismissively. Ah, uh, nothing that should concern you. But I did no. want to be forthright into uh, understanding that this will be dangerous. Uh, he, he appears to be <clears throat> what you would traditionally call blocking and bridging. 
God damn it, he's got a great PR manager. <laughs> um. My god, this man blocks the bridges like a fucking champion. <laughs> Tell us about the new game, Leon. Oh, you know, we don't want You to know, I'd love to do that right now, but. Uh... Uh, yeah, really want to focus on this expansion, you know? Yeah, but I got undead crawling out of my ass. <laughs> It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the Hulk Hogan brother. <laughs> brother. Cosmo, make me a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> me? No, no, no. I'm just joking. More like a sanity okay. check, but we don't have those in D and D. Ah. Uh, we should. Well, good. Now that we have some fellow brave adventurers, let us drink and toast. He lifts uh, up his glass. I don't think you can drink toast. It's bread. Drion <laughs> <laughs> ignores that and like holds up his his goblet to Leon. But you notice now he's also like looking around at everyone else assembled. Leon also is looking at the assembled. To profit to profitable friends and safe travels. Does Drion anyone nods, uh, Link, uh, sorry, Leon clinks glasses with Drion. Drion, uh, quickly downs his drink and puts the empty goblet on the table in front of him. Does anyone else, uh, say something during the toast? Kozlo, like, attempts to clink the glass, but he can't reach, so he just kind of <laughs> waves it around a little bit and then drinks it. Azrael, Azrael <laughs> will clink glasses with Kozlo. And then they put the drink to their lips, but they do not drink. When do we set Tugum, out? Tugum does not raise his glass. He stands up and walks away. <laughs> oh. The dancer tries to get your attention, Tugum. Drion looks at Leon, trying to keep the conversation moving. So when do we set out? Uh, one second, the dancer is leading uh, Tugum elsewhere. Oh, you seem a little tense. Come. She uh, she pulls you through the curtain. Wiggle, wiggle. My guy's like, I'm moving. Wiggle, wiggle. There you go. I can't move upwards. Oh, that's strange. Uh, here. Hold on. Stop. <laughs> I can't grab you. That's weird. Uh, try now? There you go. Okay. He became uh, an ambi turner for a moment. And she <laughs> she grabs you by the hand and leads you to uh, another room full of plush pillows, some cards and dice, and in the center of the room, a large hookah. And she pats one of the pillows and sits you down on it. And she begins to uh, light up the hookah for you, giving you one end of the pipe. And she begins to massage your shoulders. I take a hit of the hookah and let out a nice, relaxing sigh of relief. There. It's all good. Let the tension out. And she just massages your shoulders and tries to keep you in, in the room. And she asks you if you'd like any drinks or food, and she'll be happy to bring it to you. No, I'm fine for now. Right. Leave me. As you wish. And the dancer returns. 
Uh, meanwhile, the card table. You had a, you had a question for out. me. Yeah. I said, when do we, I asked, when do we set out? Leon reaches into one of his pouches and pulls out a rolled up scroll and he rolls it over to Drion. If you can follow a map, this is the last known place where we've seen some of the mindless undead's activity. Drion uh, unfurls the scroll, looks at it, nods. Now it appears to be uh, somewhere outside of Maginox, uh, a, a reasonable distance away on foot, even faster on a mount, but somewhere where you could get to and potentially a, a couple hours of steady, steady hiking. Kozlo, mm. quit drinking. What? What? We have work to do. Well, that's why I'm drinking. Uh, Leon, <laughs> Leon lifts his glass and gestures in the general direction of where Tugum ran off to. Is your friend dissatisfied with your line of work? Adrian pauses for a moment. This group was really just formed. I don't know him all that well, but he's prone to flights of fancy, I guess you'd say. Leon leans back on his uh, pillow and sips at his drink. You know, the one thing I've learned about Maginox. And he eyes Drion almost knowingly, um, pointedly. The one thing I've learned about Maginox is that it's good to stick together, have a pride, have friends that can watch your back. When you have to sleep and everything around you does not, you learn to have past friends and those you can trust with your life. Running around solo in a city like this will only get you killed or dissembled, disassembled into parts. I don't mean to scare you. He leans forward and grins. Or do I? And he takes Inside a check. long, long swig of the drink. Inside check. Okay, okay, oh, my moment. Uh... Leon is attempting a little bit to razz you. Perhaps um, he he knows something, and most certainly about you, uh, and pointing out the importance of a pride is kind of subtly. It's like going to your family at Christmas time, and you know they're like kind of passive aggressively poking at something that you know hurts. It's kind of what Leon is doing, uh, but in in halfway, like, good-natured way. Like, he doesn't want you to be alone, but he knows you are. Uh, Drion, Drion kind of watches him and, and stares at him as he makes the face, kind of pauses for a second. Well, it's difficult to trust anyone, isn't it? He nods. Personally, he slaps the longsword at his side. I trust this. And he gestures at the tiefling and the knoll and... And I trust them. 
And you say Drab the same. Is, like almost kind of forgotten that the others were there. And, and so like, again, he kind of just like, not like quickly, like he's scared, but there's like a measured approach to how he like looks over the dealer, the Knoll and the tiefling, and then looks back to Leon and just kind of nods. The dealer's like shuffling cards, like do 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 <laughs> tweet, tweet, just a birdie. Uh, at the at the comment and like patting his longsword, like Azrael just kind of like like chuckles for herself. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ap apologies, Alexi. Alexi made a joke. Leon looks over and like kind of distractedly is like, "What was the joke?" It was it was quite good. It was actually it was about your sword. They just smile with oh. that creepy smile. Leon almost looks like he, he wants to ask you to tell it, and then looks at you, shivers, and just says, never mind. Would you care to play some cards? He gestures down at the table. Or would you like to get a leg up, perhaps, on your quarry? I see no reason to tarry. If we can get a move on, then we should get a move on. I appreciate your... Uh... Sorry, GM is brain farting. I appreciate your willingness to get this done. Drian just grunts. Kozlo, Azrael, let's go. But we, we have any... Oh! Should somebody yeah. fetch Tugum? Uh, Dreon does not even say goodbye. Like, he just, like, gets up and there's, like, he's moving quickly to get out of here. Oh, Le Leon, watch oh as you go. <clears throat> Have Kozlo you seen has forgotten Tugum exists. Oh, no! Dreon walks up to the barmaid. Have you seen an orc walking by? Tugum! Uh, no, I haven't. Tugum. Are we out of here? Yes, we are. We are about to go murder the thing for the <clears throat> sketchy lion in the corner. I, uh, as I walk out behind Azriel, I stop by Leon, okay. and I, uh, <coughs> I want to do an intimidation check. Okay. By saying, uh, I don't know what you're lying about, but I know you're lying about something, and I want to just like, and then when I find out, I'm going to come back for you. Make me an intimidation check, please. Okay, 17. Uh, Leon, who was a bit of bluster before, uh, seems a little bit deflated under the seriousness of your words, and his little tiny round ears flatten ever so slightly. I wish you safe and prosperous travels. And he turns back to the group. Where were we, gentlemen? Another round of cards. For your sake, I hope I don't, and I walk away. Damn. Damn. Damn! Ah, uh, Drian sees Tugum, nods, and makes for the exit. Oh, Tugum. For the yes. record, he was lying about many things. <laughs> I just nod in agreement with Azriel. <laughs> so, um, worth noting, Dr what Drian would like to do is step out into the street with um, his comrades. Um, I don't know, Christina, if you were like planning on like 
had, I guess, kind of teleport to the place, but like Dreon first wants to just get out of the establishment and get back onto the street. Sure, I will put you on the streets. Uh, one moment, please. Yep. I didn't realize you could just do like insights, like these all these uh these things you can do. I didn't realize you could just do checks for this kind of stuff. Uh, insight doesn't like necessarily reveal like a lie specifically. Um, like there are spells specifically to do some of that. Insight is more like usually kind of like what are the vibes you get, or if they say something obviously kind of sketchy. Yeah, it's it's like it's less sure if that's what you're inferring. Yeah, okay, but I mean it's a, it's a way to gather more info, right? So yeah. Yeah, you're basically yeah. trying to see if uh, somebody's blowing smoke up your ass. I just yeah. thought these were here for like, if you tell us we have to do a check, this is just what we roll. I realize you could like. That's a, that's actually a homebrew. Oh, yeah. uh, that's a homebrew rule, but that is in addition to how insightful you are. You can use it in various ways. Yeah, it's it's good for determining if someone is uh, is sus. <laughs> um, so right, you all step back on, out onto yeah. uh, the streets of Maginox, where you are greeted with the familiar lanterns bustling markets and red lights and gestures for the group to follow him wait was it tentacle there when we walked in uh and he kind of finds like the darkest corner he can possibly find um and he kind of like pulls the crew in close uh, you find an alleyway between the buildings here that you could uh theoretically squeeze through right right this way yeah there you go there you go. Yeah, right there. Yeah, squeeze in over here. Nice. You've found the secret alleyway. Wow. This is like GDQ. We're just breaking walls. and um, So uh, once once you've all come in close, uh, Drian looks at each and every one of you. Uh, we need to dispose of him. Tugum face Dreon? lights up, and he immediately starts rummaging around in his pack. <laughs> Tugum starts laughing hysterically. I knew it. We can wait until he leaves, and then we can get the jump on him, but we have to deal with him. But why? Wait, ain't he your brother? Dreon, Dreon like, looks at Azriel and, like, for a minute kind of looks upset and then just kind of looks resigned. He knows things about my past that I would rather not be known by people. Oh, like what? Oh. Well, he comes from the same land that I do. Dreon, should we at least get paid first? Or should we do it first? If he's got the coins on him, it just seems like cutting out the middle lion. Tugum pushes his way through everybody. Who cares? He needs to die anyway. Tugum, get back here! <laughs> okay. Tugum, there's a way to do this. There's a way to do this. Exactly! Kozlo is, like, making a bomb. <laughs> Kozlo is busy uh, uh, tinkering and okay, actually making okay, a bomb. I, I, <laughs> Dreon's, Dreon, like, watches this whole thing just, like, unrolling in front of him. Okay. I just need a second. <laughs> Let me think. <laughs> One second fuse. Got it. <laughs> <What's her fuse? laughs> Damn, Asriel's right. What if they leave? What if one of them? Okay. 
Yeah, he's like puzzling this out in real time. Okay, we do the job, we get the gold, and then we get him. Because well, what if he leaves and he doesn't have the gold? What if somebody else has it? Okay, Azrael's right. We do the job, and then we get him. Is everyone good with that? Do I still get to blow him up? Because like a half a half completed bomb. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> okay. Takes it back apart and puts it back in his. What if? <laughs> what if when we kill him, we assume whatever position him and his group have taken? That that's fine. At beyond all, I'm asking for is that we kill him. Whatever we do after, that's fine. Tuga wants to know why everybody's asking so many questions. The guy wants him dead. We want to kill him. I don't see why there needs to be any more conversation. Tuga, do you like money? <laughs> yeah. Gets me buying life. Yeah, we need the money. And if we jump him, he might not have the money. And if he doesn't have the money, good luck us getting another job. So what you're saying is we blow up the other guy, and then we blow up this guy. I'm in. Yeah, you would get to blow up more guys in this scenario, Kozlo. I'm making two bombs! Tugum was like, but you heard the guy. This uh, this place deals in body parts, right? How much are lying body parts worth? <laughs> Do you just fucking tilt his head? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Tugum, Tugum, no, we... Okay, listen, I'm gonna make this real fucking simple. Wait, do we you gotta know? make sure there's body parts left afterwards? Cause... Kozlo, shut the fuck up. I'm gonna make this real simple. We go, we kill the dupe. We come back, we kill the bad lion. Then we have money, and then we... He looks at Azriel, take his position or something? I don't, I don't really think care. Azriel could pass for a weird lion guy. You don't have to... <laughs> you're not... <laughs> no. Okay, we're going. We're... He, like, pulls out the scroll, and he, like, holds it out, like, unfurled in front of the group. And then he, like, points at it, like, losing patience. We're going here. <laughs> uh, by the way, who in the group has a uh, halfway decent survival? Azrael has very good survival. Uh, uh, how, do I, how do I know if I have that or not? Uh, it will be on your character sheet. So as a bard, you're going to have half proficiency in pretty much everything. Because uh, bards are generally good at uh, literally everything. Uh, but survival is on your character sheet uh, under your skills. Uh, it's the very last skill. Your survival is plus three. It is wisdom based. Uh, Azrael is uh, is higher. So uh, Tugum, you've read some maps in your age. Uh, Azrael, you have studied maps. In fact, passable cartography. Yeah. Uh, so Drian continues pointing <laughs> at the place on the map. So this is where we're going. Uh, I'm assuming at this point that Driat, like, these people have worked together enough to where, like, they would each kind of have, like, an understanding of what each other is good at, especially for past jobs. Like, it stands to reason that Drian would know that Azriel is, is basically a cartographer, or at least, like, a semi-decent cartographer, so that's how I'm playing this. They seem to know their way around places. Yeah. Okay. Particularly Azriel, around Metronox. Can you all get us here? Oh, let me see. They take the, the map over. They take the map. Uh, is it just a map? It is. Uh, make me a survival check with advantage. And not just oh, that. Oh, yes. But it's a ranger-made map. It's actually quite good. 
It's even topographical. It's actually so good, you would have to be incredibly stupid not to figure out where this is. It's almost too good. Kazla looks up at the map and has no idea what he's looking at. <laughs> almost too good? As in, like, we might be this, being set up between, yeah, like, clearly, the insights. This is clearly a trap. <laughs> between, the, between the insights inside and, like, studying this map, does Azrael get the impression that we're being set up? Uh, Azrael is definitely getting the impression that something suspicious is happening here. Um, and whoever these adventurers have decided to rope into whatever scheme they have been doing, uh, well, Shrug, he does have money. Tugum grabs the map from Azrael and looks at it. Uh, the, the map appears to be a place outside of Maginox, uh, relatively far to the, the northwest on foot, about two hours out. Okay, I'm trying to think about how I want to do this here. So, the odds seem too good to be true. I have, uh, I'm now trying to decipher the area that we're going to be going through. Uh, to see the the fuck I don't know here. It says I have proficiencies in history, and I'm a gambler. Never tell me the odds. So I'm just trying to figure this out. Oh sure, tell me what you're trying to accomplish. It might be I'm easier trying than to... trying to figure out what uh, exactly to do. Okay, so I want to I want to know the history of the area we're going to. Sure. And then also I want to be able to tell why it's too good to be true. Okay. Like I, I know that it's too good to be true. Or at least I think I know it's too good to be true. Um, Tugum, make me a history check. Hmm. Unfortunately, in this area, you feel like <clears throat> specifically this area, it actually doesn't have a, uh, a lot of history. It's a relatively wooded area and undeveloped outside Maginox. You're not even aware of any beast tribes that have settled there. Um, <clears throat> it just seems like forest for all you're aware of. We might have to go through some forest, but I feel like once we get towards the Duke's palace, I'll have a better understanding of what we're up against. Yeah, obviously we're going to scout before we go in. That's just basic shit. <laughs> okay, any any concerns about this then? Are we good? We're going, yes? Well, if what they said is true, which we know it's not, I think the Duke needs to die anyway. Yeah, but the question is, is, it's a question of sequencing. <laughs> does the Duke <laughs> die, or does the Duke die before or after the other lion? I guess we find out on the way. Okay, let's go then. Uh, Dreon walks out and then immediately uh, performs just a very overt and visible perception check. All right. Durian, you exit the alleyway, and you look to and fro. What are you looking for? Uh, signs of the other adventurers. You look suspiciously to the left, to the right, and you see no sign of the adventurers in the crowded street. Well, okay. Uh, Drian is going to follow Azriel in the direction of uh, the bad place. 
All right. Do you all go to the location on the map? Uh, yes. No? Worth no? pointing no. out. Uh, so Dreon would like to get like within distance to where they can see it, but like there's still plenty of space theoretically to not be detected while kind of scouting out the location. Oh, okay. Uh, from what your location says specifically on the map, uh, there is a single specific tree you need to find here. And by okay. pulling the branch, it will reveal stairs that go down. Uh, Asriel, with your particular survival check, it will be easy for you to find uh, this location in the odd-barked tree that you will be looking for. And you should not be led astray. <clears throat> Just double-checking, do you all continue uh, going on foot? And you don't have any mounts? I'm just double-checking that nobody has any weird horses, horses or mounts. Um, <coughs> all because sometimes rain surprises me with a spirit elk, and sometimes you just have to have a spirit elk on hand. Uh, otherwise, I want to make sure everybody's weapons and armor are good to go, because you are going into a known dangerous location. Tugum cracks a joke about riding Dreon into battle. <laughs> Nasvenya! <laughs> Dreon just fucking grunts. I mean, <laughs> that would be pretty cool, though. I mean, but uh, Tugum's a, a half-orc. He's, like, way too big to do yeah, that. Yeah, Kozlo! Kozlo could do it. All right, everyone. You are about to descend into... Well, wherever this area is on the map. Are you prepared to go to the next scene? So, one Eat. point... Um, is it if you don't have a map prepared for this? Is totally fine. But uh, it's like, just like a, like, like a preface. It's a do if you would like a travel map, I can give you a travel map. Dreon would basically just like to get like within say twenty to thirty feet of the tree, mm -hmm. and then just basically do his due diligence, like searching around. Like, oh, that's just kind of a thing for him. Absolutely. One moment, please. I will just need. Uh, Tugum would, would two like shakes. to walk up to the tree while Dreon's doing his checks, though. <laughs> God, God damn it. I hate this party. Uh, My music. All right. Truly, how all all uh, all evil groups end is when everybody's evil. You can't trust anybody, and thus, <laughs> thus you can never get anything done. Okay, so it's not we... that I don't trust him. I just don't like how long he takes. Yeah, Drian Drian is a meticulous planner, so that may not sit well with Dugum. <laughs> all right, as you all exit Maginox into the woods beyond. You leave the pleasures, the lights, and the warmth of the city behind. And you are reminded that Polaris is even colder in the dead of night. Sun never sees uh, the ground. And as you all go through the woods, hiking to and fro through the crunchy snow of Polaris, 
It takes you about two hours on foot. As Azriel guides you to the location of the odd branched tree. I want everybody to make me a survival check, please. Wow, that's a lot of nuts. <laughs> that's a lot of absolutely terrible survival checks. Um, 14 for Drion, 1 for Kozlo, 8 for Tugum, and 16 for Azrael. Uh, Azrael, you know this area, well, a little bit better than the others. And you've been guiding your friends uh, away from some of the uh, warg caves that you know have been in the area. The tree is close and is just across the path to the north. And Azrael, you find something on the ground. And as you lean down to pick it up, something glints in the snow. A bit of gold, perhaps. And you lift it from the ground and, oh, well, it's attached to a finger. It's a ring on a, on a severed finger, half buried in the snow. Hmm. Azriel digs around a little bit. Is it just the finger, or was it there more to the body? Uh, oddly enough, it's just the finger. Hmm. Well, I think we're on the right path. Azriel hands the finger with ring over to, uh, to Drion. What, uh, Drion's gonna just investigate it to... See what type of finger it thinks it is? Uh, like, is it a Leonin finger, or...? At the very least, it's a, a humanoid finger that doesn't have fur. That's all you can discern. Treon stares at it for, like, 30 seconds, and then shrugs, takes off the ring, and throws the finger, and puts the ring in his pocket. <gasps> you uh, acquire a gold ring. Cool. Um, Tugum no. goes in and picks up the finger. Yeah, that line's getting this shoved in a bad place. Plus, he said he wanted body parts anyway. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Tugum, you acquire uh, a rotted finger. Drew, uh, just for record-keeping purposes, um, I'll go ahead and take inventory of this game. That's fine. Uh, Tugum, cool. just to let you know, uh, also for Coslo, for any uh, loot or items picked up, we usually post them in the Treasure Chest channel of Discord, and you can give out the loot... Uh, later or during the game, if you so wish, uh, if you don't want to disrupt gameplay. Cool. Do I need to put anything on my character sheet about picking it up or no? Uh, yes. Uh, Dreon, will, Dreon can add it or uh, remind you, but you have acquired in your inventory Rotted Finger. Sweet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, it's usually best for personal things that you pick up to put it in the uh in inventory at the bottom there's just other possessions just like note it there it's super yeah. easy yeah. keep notes on your character sheet because uh, uh, i'm very good at referencing your character sheet sheets and bringing up old shit so well the tree should just be over there to the north Drion nods just takes careful steps uh, he's going to perform an investigation Anything out of place around him that he can tell? 
Drian, you look around, and aside from the snow falling lightly, you don't see anything. As is tradition in Polaris, it's very dark. Drian looks around, turns back, shrugs to Asriel. Alright, once we get to the tree, assume we're going to be fighting. Be ready. Okay. Gets Tugum, to the you, tree. You step on a. Uh, Tugum, you step on what appears to be just kind of a, a rough hewn path, but not very well traveled. Uh, Drian, there's an odd shaped tree here with spindly branches. Azrael, this is uh, this is the tree. Here we are. Drian nods. Um. Gonna do an investigation check on the tree. Is there anything that kind of sticks out as like it is intended to be interacted with? Uh, Drion, as you investigate the tree, uh, you notice aside from the branch that does need to be pulled down to reveal the door going below, uh, you do note that this door is trapped. Hmm. Uh, Drion. Looks to Azrael. I think there's a trap on the door. Oh, most certainly. Tugum! He gestures. You can disarm traps, right? Uh. <laughs> Hold on, I'm checking. Ah, oh, you could do anything if you put your mind to it, Bard. Uh, yeah, I would like to cast Identify on the trapdoor. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, <clears throat> that will not have the required, uh, excuse me, the effect that you're looking for. Um, if you, I would try a different spell. Okay. Could also be a sleight of hand check to disarm. I assume that Bard has like a reasonable sleight of hand. Uh, so sleight of, sleight of hand would absolutely be the base check to do here. Um, Tugum's sleight of hand is not great. Okay. Uh, it's also <laughs> thieves' tools also help here. Uh, uh, let me wait, double check. Give me something taken apart. <laughs> and he does not have thieves' tools. He has bard tools, so he has bagpipes and a war gong. So if he's going to gong the door open, perhaps. <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, Dreon, so... Dreon looks at Coslo. Can can you take traps apart? I play my beasts. Pretty much. <laughs> of course I can. Uh, Azrael oh, reaches me? I'm out. Freaking sick of this. Azrael reaches out and touches Coslo. You feel, you feel kind of like this cold, this cold ethereal blue light. And standing next to you is a very sketchy uh, wraith that, like, probably like five foot eight, five foot nine. And one hand, he just kind of has a butcher's knife, and he has just this wry grin across his face. <laughs> Shall we take a pot of the trap? Well, this guy seems trustworthy. <laughs> Azrael steps back. Tugum follows Azrael. He don't want no part of this. Drion looks at Kozlo. Uh, you, you got this. Uh, you have guidance, Kozlo. Why is everybody he walking away? <laughs> Uh, Coslo, would you like to try and disarm the trap? Yeah, you just need a sleight of hand check. Yeah, please. 
Uh, you have guidance. Fifteen. Plus. Take a roll under D four. Ah. Seventeen. Nice. Very respectable. Oslo. The intricate trap surrounding uh, <clears throat> the latch on the tree is easily disarmed, and in fact, you pocket a couple cogs for your collection. Nice. Trion watches this, kind of surprised. Nice job, Kozlo. Yeah, no problem. Uh, okay. Want everyone... me to throw a bomb in there? No, soon. He, like, jet or beckons everyone to him. Uh, Kozlo, one other thing. Um, a couple things you notice. One, the trap is poison-based um, and would shoot a dart into someone if they uh, messed with the door or pulled the handle wrong. Uh, unfortunately, you were not able to salvage any of the poison, but however, you d disarmed the trap completely. Acquired a couple, like I mentioned, a couple cogs, so. No poison damage, and you've saved everyone from certain death. Can I grab the, like, now non-poisonous dart and just kind of wave it around and be like, Look, this almost shot right into one of you! Absolutely, you uh, acquire one dart and you can add it to your inventory. All right, I'm just going to wave it around in everybody's face for a second. Look! From stabbing you. <laughs> that, that was actually well done. Well done, Coslo. I'll just chuck uh, it off to the side. I no longer care about this dart. <laughs> ding ding. Aww. It was supposed to make him mad. I didn't get what I wanted. Um, okay. I say we let them come to us. There's already been a trap on the door. If we just go in running and ready to fight, we're probably going to hit more traps. So we should open the door, make loud noises, and let them come to us. Tugum starts to rummage through for his bagpipes. Loud noises, say less. <laughs> Treon grins. If there's one thing we do well in this party. <laughs> uh... <laughs> and he's gonna, he looks at, he looks at Tugum. And he looks at Kozlo and Azrael. Ready? Ready. Uh, Dreon pops open the door and stands aside. All right, you pull the branch in the correct direction. And the trunk yawns open, revealing a stone staircase descending in the dark into the darkness beyond. Before I start to blow my bagpipes, I look over at Kozlo. Hey, buddy, any requests? <laughs> I just start playing before he can answer. Uh, I, you, you blare the bagpipes? I, I blare the bagpipes uh, just as loud as I can. Kozlo, get a dynamite ready. Get by the door. <laughs> so Kashima, god damn it. Dreon <laughs> uh, is going to be watching the hallway with dark vision. Um, he's going to be watching and he can't really listen over the bagpipes, but he's going to be watching for movement. Oh, and it echoes. Work. And deafening uh, silence follows. Uh, now all of Chi now all of China knows you're here. <laughs> Ezra's going to make a perception check to see if anybody followed us here. And they have 300 foot dark vision, so. All right. They can see for a while. 
Proceed. Oh, yeah. Holy balls. Okay. Uh, with a critical perception check and 300 foot dark vision. Um, Azrael, you, you, the only thing you see, uh, are the birds in the trees. And they are, uh, friendly and just birds. Please don't well, they murder them. Were, they were friendly until Tugum started playing. And now yeah, and like, now they're, they're gone. Now they're right just off. terrified. So, um, it is two in the morning. <laughs> we have to work. <laughs> I pay way too much to live here. Um, tweet fucking move. tweet, motherfucker. <laughs> Listen, okay, how dare so. you? Uh, you feel extremely confident that not only have you disturbed all of the wildlife in a 300-foot radius, uh, but that you are blissedly alone. Kozlo looks at the bird suspiciously. I don't even think they're real. <laughs> <laughs> does, uh, so Dreon looking down the hallway, does he does he notice anything during uh, Tugum's playing of the bagpipe? Uh, Dreon, how far is your dark vision? Uh, 60 foot. Uh, the stairs descend into darkness, and after Tugum is done with his <clears throat> performance, uh, nothing comes up then. Uh, Dreon just kind of mutters after a while. <sighs> Looks like we're doing this the hard way. All right. Oh, wait, I got this, I got this, I got this. <clears throat> oh no, I've been shot by a really shitty poison dart trap. Oh, I'm dying. Dreon can't help but kind of grin as he watches this. Kozlo does his best, like, most theatrical performance, which is very shitty. Uh, Dreon goes back to watching the hallway. Uh, Tugum asks Azrael if he can take a look down the hallway. Would you like me to? Oh, yeah, yeah, Azrael, you take a look. Or would you like to try again? And they will use. Uh, I got Wargong here if anybody wants to get uh, deep with the base. Uh, Azrael will use Eyes of the Night. And now everybody has 300 foot dark vision for oh. an hour. Oh, God. All uh, right. Dreon, Dreon blinks. Ah, this shit never stops being weird. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like when you uh, dial up the like fucking clipping plane in like an old MMO, and just like all of a sudden, like you can see like a hundred yeah. feet in front of you. Now you just see like all the way to the fucking zone. Wall. I, I see zones over. <laughs> yeah. Dreon, uh, Dreon just kind of like, you know, under his breath. Ah, this never stops being fucking weird. And he goes and looks into the hallway uh, with the his three hundred feet of dark vision. The hallway descends uh, and goes down about what you assume is about 70 feet and then turns to the left. Okay. Uh, just going to do a cursory investigation check from here. Have you noticed anything? Uh, at least not from peering in from the doorway. You may have to go inside. Well... Tugum pushes Dreon out of the way. Stop being a scaredy cat. Tugum enters the hallway. <laughs> fucking god, this is worse than mercenary life. All right, one moment, please. Uh, I do need to change a couple things uh, because you guys have war gonged your presence. So uh, one moment. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this. Um, if you, I like... technically did not play my war gong. I just pulled it out 
if we wanted it. Yeah, we bagpiped this. Oh, you bag? Yeah. Excuse me, pardon me. It was the bagpipe. Kozlo also gave an Emmy-winning performance. <laughs> as as Tugum is like tromping down the stairs in front of the rest of the party, Azrael pipes up. Um, Tugum, what what is your preference on resuscitation? Yes or no? I could could go could go either way. Hm. All right, one moment, please. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a half orc. <laughs> Sorry, we we've been we, we went to the Mark Rebel concert. It was, it was great. It was great. All right, I'm gonna live the next scene. I'm gonna turn that down a little bit. <clears throat> Ahem. Oh, was that a lion? I'm gonna rip out his motherfucking mane hairs. Mane? Don't do it. Don't do it. No, don't do it. Um, Please. His grandma. Um, hold on. <clears throat> As you all descend down the stairs, the hallway below, this hall sits in absolute darkness. And immediately, where you start moving, you smell the stench of rot, decay in the air. And it stings your nostrils when you breathe. And oddly, the walls here are damp. Moisture trickling down the mortar. Somewhere further down this hall, oh, uh, you see a faint glow. Uh, one moment. I do need to change all of your tokens to have 300-foot dark vision, so uh, I do need a moment for that. Uh, I would also like my creepy music to replay. Hello? Hello? Tugum elbows Kozlo. Hey, Drion's brother said the body parts just had to be intact, right? It didn't care if they were rotten or not? I don't think he wanted any body parts. I think he wanted us to stop the trade of body parts. Well, he might have the both? Duke's head. The Duke's head might be good to take back. Kozlo is just very distracted, like, sniffling around, like... Ah, it smells like mom's home cooking! Gross! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I've changed Tukum's dark vision to 300. I have changed Drion's dark vision to 300. And I have changed Kozlo's dark vision to 300. You make Annoying things that PCs can do. <laughs> Tugum, uh, as you feel you've descended the stairway for a significant period of time, as promised, uh, with the eyes of the night, the hallway turns to the left. To the left, to the left. Uh, Along... God damn it. We have to do an investigation check. Right. You investigate the hallway. 
peering to and fro, looking for traps. You see no immediate irregularities on the walls. Roger. I think having disarmed one at this point, Kozla would also be generally on the lookout for traps, but he's not very perceptive, so I don't know how well that will go. <laughs> uh, Dreon mutters under his breath, tight spaces and people who love traps. I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, me too. This is freaking great. He like kind of like gestures to Kozlo, like trying like a keep it down gesture. Azrael <laughs> uh, is actually kind of hanging a little bit behind everybody else. They're actually quite good at investigation checks, but everybody else seems to be taking the lead. And as far as Azrael's <laughs> concerned, that is as good as checking for traps. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you I... all are creeping down the hallway. Ah, uh, so get to the door. Um, uh, but before you is a heavy stone door. Chugum pulls out his horn and no. shakes it towards Dreon. Eh? Eh? No, 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 no. Let's, let's just check the door. He says, like, in a whisper that's still, like, angry sounding. Um, going to do another investigation check. Chugum uh, <clears throat> disappointed puts his horn away. <laughs> uh, Dreon, while... You do not sense that the door is trapped. You hear some soft, irritated groaning behind it. Is it? Can Dreon tell if it's... Uh, oh, okay, so it's that kind of groaning. We got a dead one behind the door. Or a lucky one. Uh, Dreon beckons to, to Asriel. Oh? Me? You all get up here. Uh, would you like to check the door? I, I think the door is fine, but behind it, uh, I think the fun's gonna start there. Is if, if there's anything anyone wants to do to prepare before we go in there, now's the time. Uh, Adrian, you hear scratching at the door. Uh, Dreon, Dreon scowls at it and then like looks back around the group, kind of like raising his hands, like, eh? Eh? Anybody want to do something? <laughs> Wait, I got this! I got this! Kozlo rummages around in his artificer's kit for a moment and summons a turret right in front of the door. And which <laughs> turret are you uh, summoning, my friend? It will be the... Uh, the small size turret, which is the larger of the two sizes. And it definitely has legs, and they're mismatched and weird. Uh, is it the flamethrower, force ballista, or the protector? Uh, it will be the flamethrower. Uh, screw. Uh, you plop down a cannon. <laughs> Trion looks at it, grins. All right, and he... Get back, everyone! Get back! I'm gonna open the door. Oh, and then uh, you just wanted us up by the door. No, it's it's the tactics have changed. Tugum, Tugum, Tugum stops Dreon before he opens the door. What if my man's just sleeping behind there, and you're gonna mess up his sleep for no reason? Dreon <laughs> stares daggers at him and pops open the door and runs back immediately. Nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there because as soon as you open that door, we are going into combat zombies like i could open the door and like run back come on it's just a little running for a friend it's just a little running as a treat 
just a little running. All right, one moment, please. At least everything will be immediately on the other side of every door that we enter because we played the bagpipes before we came down. Good job, <laughs> us. This is we, just sufficient. We, we just pre-pulled the dungeon, basically. Uh, <laughs> I need everybody to roll initiative for me. Aww. Uh, God very, damn. very good. Uh, first off, let me describe the room that you opened, Drion, as you got a quick glance into it. <clears throat> um, you noticed as you opened the doors that there are eight pillars in this room. And there appear to be racks in the room that have weapons on it. You, you can't get a good look at it since uh, there's a bunch of zombies clawing at the door that you just opened. Uh, but the overpowering smell of rot wafts over you as you open this door, and three rotting creatures have their weapons at the ready. Ready to, uh, engage with you in combat. They're, uh, behind, uh, the guard, excuse me, behind the zombies, Drion, appears to be a strange green light. Top of the round, a first round. <clears throat> uh, well, apparently this guy is very quick in the back. One moment. Double check something real quick. Uh, he takes a step forward through his friend. And this undead appears to be wielding a long pike and levels it at Kozlo. The pike has reach of 10 and reaches over the cannon. Kozlo. Do I get an attack of opportunity? Because he moved into my... No, you, you do not. Only when he leaves the space. Okay. He's going to make a multi-attack on you, Kozlo, with his pike. Or banger, please. Uh, Kozlo does a 22 hit your armor class. Yes. Uh, you take six piercing damage from the pike. And he attacks one more time. Does a 16 hit your armor class? Also yes. And you take eight piercing damage from the pike of the decaying guard. Kozlo, you're up. And be like, Drian, what the hell did you do? <laughs> uh, okay. So I can, with the cannon as a bonus action, I can make it fire in a 15 foot cone. Okay. Uh, so that'll, that'll be first. Okay. Uh, I am going Drian, to make. Look out! <laughs> Uh, does it emanate from the flamethrower? I'm assuming yes. Yes. Okay, uh, I'm making a 15-foot cone. Okay. And it will be a dex save of DC 13. Uh, and they either take 2d8 or half that if they save. Dang. Oh, oops, one second. I have no idea what you just said. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, so basically, uh... These monsters are going to have to 
roll to pass a check. And if they pass the check, they take half damage. If they don't pass, they would take full damage, which in this case is two D8s. Listen, listen, Charles, cannon make fire, zombie dodge, question mark? There you go. Wait, okay, sorry. <laughs> well done. Uh, all right, cannon make fire. What's my save? Uh, DC 13. All right, we'll start with uh, the guy. Dexterity, yeah. All right, we'll start with the guy in the front. Uh, seven fails. How much damage do you take? Uh, I'm trying to... Oh, wait, did it just roll when I did that? Yeah, it did. Okay, perfect. All right, the Force Ballista uh, does five damage. And uh, what type of damage is that? Is it force oh, I clicked damage? the wrong one, but it's 2d8 either way. Um, oh, okay. It is fire damage. Fire damage? All right, five fire damage to the guy, sorry, the guard in the front. Bloop. The guard behind him. Dexterity saving throw. Uh, 14. What's my, uh, sorry, what was the save? Uh, it's half damage on a save. Okay, so he takes two damage. And the last guy, uh, what's my DC? Sorry, Josh. 13. 13, and fails. He takes the five. All right, after uh, your flamethrower emits a gout of flame at the zombies, luckily hitting, or sorry, missing Dreon. What else do you do, Kozlo? Um, so I'll also cast, so it's technically, it's casting Firebolt, but with the way Artificer works, it's supposed to be like a little gadget or something. So oh I've yeah, been... so you can like blap it out of, uh, really anything you'd like, flavor-wise. Yeah, I've been, I've been treating it as like little grenades. Like this is what he was slowly piecing together at earlier points throughout the night. <laughs> okay. Was a, a Firebolt grenade. You have a, a wealth of firebombs at your disposal, Kozlo. Yeah. Uh, so I will chuck a firebolt grenade at the one that just stabbed me because I'm mad at him. Okay. Uh, it is a ranged spell attack, which I need to find the button to cast. Was that it? Yep. Uh, 14 will miss. It was only one damage anyway. <laughs> That poor sad grenade. Uh, Kozlo, and for everybody else uh, currently in combat, uh, one house rule I have is that you can roll an insight check as a free action anytime on your turn on a target you can see. If you succeed, you can discern one piece of uh, information from the target, such as uh, a hit point bar, or condition immunities, or damage immunities, stuff like that. So if you just don't know anything about a monster and just want to ask the GM a question, make an insight check. Kozlo, uh, you have used your bonus action, your action, uh, you have not moved, or you have or have used your insight. Do you wish to end your turn? Uh, so I, I guess I'll insight the guy, just the guy that stabbed me to see if he's hurt. All right, let's do it. Okay, uh, what would you like to know? Would you like to see his hit point bar? Yes. All right, I will show you his hit point bar. Boop. No oh dear. <laughs> Castle, does that uh, end your turn? I can still move, right? Uh, you can, yeah. You okay, will not I'm provoke to, any attacks of opportunity. Then I'm going to run behind everyone else. Okay. 15, Ow, we freaking stabbed me! <laughs> 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 uh, 
And that's oh. it. Alright. Next up, another guard in the back. Uh, this one immediately targeting Dreon. Oh, don't do that. Don't! don't. Stop it! Stop it! Uh, instead of swinging its pike, it lifts a claw and swipes at you with it. Aww. Come on, buddy. Come on, bro. Uh, yeah, that was a 20. All right. Yeah. Ow. Dreon, you take 12 necrotic damage from the claw of the guard. Make me a DC 13 constitution saving throw. 24. Okay. Excellent. That you take it as damage and not hit point maximum reduction. <clears throat> Next up, the next guard. He will do the same thing to Dreon. There's a 14 in your armor class. It does not. And on the miss, Dreon is going to use Riposte. Oh! Repost? Repost. Repost. Reposta. Mamma Mamma mia! Uh, and he's going to, how does this work? Uh, yeah, melee attack, and you add the superiority die to the attack's damage roll. So he's going to swing with the glaive. Alright, alright. A 15? Will hit? Okay, and so roll the extra d8. So it's going to be an extra 2 plus... Plus 7. Slashing. Plus, uh, he has Polar Mastery, so it's going to do an extra d4. 9, 11, 12. So, yeah. Excellent. All right. He misses, and you repost. And he takes Dreon 12 roars. damage. After taking the first hit, uh, he roars and manages to dodge the second, and then uh, goes back with uh, a slash, and then the, hits the zombie with the, the butt of his uh, glaive. The zombie misses, or excuse me, the zombie loses a massive chunk of flesh against the onslaught. Ah, uh, Tugum, you're up. Dreon and the cannon seem to be holding down the fort. What do you do, Bard? I, I would like to do an insight check on the front zombie. Okay, go ahead. Wow, what would you like to know? Can it be charmed? That is a very good question. One moment. It can. All right, then I would like to cast. Uh, am I with? Am I within thirty feet? I don't know how this thing works. Uh, you are. Also, um, if you go into Foundry and then under on the top left-hand corner, under the like the little person icon, there's a ruler, and you okay. can. Or excuse me, in your person icon, there's a ruler. Sorry, and then you can drag from you, and it makes this little ruler thing. Okay, I see. I see. Okay. So you are fifteen feet from the frontmost guy. And 20 feet from the back, too. You can also right, right. Uh, hold left click and to ping uh, to choose your target if you wish. Like this. Ping. Okay. I would like to cast. Uh... Sorry, for my. I would like to cast. Uh... Uh... Suggestion on the front zombie. Okay. Uh, for it to attack the zombie behind it. 
Very good. All right, suggestion. You suggest a course of activity lim limited to a sentence or two and magically influence a creature you can see within range that can hear and understand you. Let's see. The suggestion must be worded in such a manner as to make the course of action sound reasonable. All right. What do you ask it to do? Now remember, the course of action has to sound reasonable. Um... Or you just have to be convincing. Alright, I just want to convince the zombie that the zombie behind it is its new enemy. Are, are you two best friends? Did you go to college together? Old girlfriend, yeah, we perhaps? Yeah, we went to uh, Bard College together. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, the target has to make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, let me look at your difficulty. Can you tell me what your uh, spell casting... Uh, difficulty is that I have to roll against before I look on your character sheet. One second. Spell casting. So if you click on your spells spells tab, um, at yep. the top it says your modifier, your spell attack, and the save DC. So my save DC <laughs> is going to be the one listed there. So I have to beat a 13. Okay. So here's my wisdom. Skirt, uh, fails miserably. Uh, actually critically fails. Uh, and it is charmed. Uh, let me boop. Excellent job, Tugum. And then I have a bonus action. Okay. That since our bardic inspiration, since Azrael hasn't gone yet, I'm going to cast it on it. Okay. So as a bonus action, a creature other than yourself within 60 feet that can hear you gains an inspiration die 1d6. For 10 minutes, the creature can add it to one ability check, attack roll, or saving throw. This can be added after seeing the roll, but before knowing the outcome. All right. Excellent. Azrael, you have an inspiration die. Boop, boop. I don't know if I have an inspiration mark, but I don't. But you're inspired. Uh, Tugum, you have done your bonus action. You have scanned. Uh, you have done your action. The only thing you haven't done is moved. You wish to move. Uh, I'm going to stay where I am. All right. Does that end your round? Uh, yes. Uh, Azrael, you're up. Uh, Azrael will cast Bane. Oh, shit. On uh, all three of the zombies. All right, must make charisma saving throws and they fail. Uh, the same throw makes an attack roll. Save throw, almost roll d4. Okay. It's like bless. It is like bless. But hipper. But hipper. Okay. Uh, we'll start with Mega this bless. guy in the front. <laughs> Evil bless. Uh, succeeds. I have real problems with the charisma saving throw of your fucking zombie. I Christina. just flat rolled a seventeen, man. Uh, next one in the back, uh, fails. So he is banned. Do I have a Bane icon? Downed? Blaine? David Blaine? Blaine my beasts? Blaine? Okay, I'll just say he is not blessed. Evil blessed! Okay. <laughs> Christmas saving throw. Take one blessed. back right. Critically succeeds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is like exactly like bless. Good it's, job. It's exa <laughs> it just hits differently. Drew, let me propose a scenario 
and like I fully approve of this action, but let me propose you a scenario. You cast Bless and Christina doesn't get to roll against it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Bane helps them hitting us, which right now is the real problem. No, 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 I, Bless doesn't help is, with that. This is totally fine. I can just tell you the number of times Christina has outrolled my Bless. It's none. <laughs> it's none. I don't think <laughs> the chance. I don't open myself up for that pain. Yeah, that happens a lot. I mean, look... I respect it. I'm just if, saying. If we have to, if we have to metagame around Christina rolling fucking natural twenties huh? on zombies that don't have a negative charisma modifier, then you know Look, what? That just gets rid of so many spells. And you know what? I'm not down for that. I'm gonna I play don't know fun what to spells. Tell you, man. That's just the world we live in. Uh, Azrael. Oh no, Azrael's not gonna move forward. Uh, Azrael will also cast. Uh, Oh no! Can't actually cast two spells. That's nope. that's dumb. You've Even already made bonus action. You have, the you're already of concentrating. Uh, um, oh, that shit. is it. Uh, they will insight check. All right. What would you like to know? Uh, let's get this guy's hit points. Good thing. All right, coming up. Hot and fresh hit point bar. Boom. There you are. Azrael, does that end your turn? That is it. Uh, Dreon, hey, nice five initiative. You're up. <laughs> Sad pog. Uh, Dreon's going to look at the zombie uh, he has already struck into, and he is going to loudly, loudly and, and forcefully say, I tried doing this the smart way. <laughs> swing his glaive. Did uh, you know? <laughs> I, I, there was, efforts were made out of plan. Uh, 17 also, hits? Keep mind, thank you. And, and keep in mind, Dreon had to kind of move against Tugum's attention span. There were a lot of factors at play. Fair. Uh, so this, and then he's going to do the plus... Sorry, the 1d4, if I can figure out. I kind of wish it would just roll for me. Yeah, yeah you'll have to you'll have to do like a custom, uh, you'll have to customize the attack roll a little bit in D&D Beyond. Okay. All right, so you that do. is 14, yep. 14 damage. I'm going to action surge to take another attack. Ooh. And eight misses. Uh, yeah, surge, so. swing, miss. Feels bad, man. Feels bad. Uh, Treon is going to insight check this one. Okay. What would you like to know? Ah, uh, just HP bar. HP bar coming up. There you and go. Treon, Treon uh, is actually just going to stay right there, and as he misses, he looks at the the surrounding ghouls and just like get some. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that is going to be the end of his turn. Uh, top of the round, round two. Uh, the decayed guard is currently charmed by Tugum, and he is defending the the love of his life. And he swings. <clears throat> Let's see. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, interesting. Um, Tugum. Uh huh. I have a question for you. Sure. Do you um 
do you want the zombie to attack with uh, his glaive or his claw? Is there something I can roll for to find out what would hit harder? Insight check. Can I do that now? Yes. Wait, no. No, you can't. It's not your turn. Screw you. Nice roll. Doesn't matter. <laughs> GM wins. <laughs> Just GM kidding. GM wins. Uh, no. No. Uh, this would be when you cast the spell. Alright, then like, I'll just say I'll, I'll say glaive then. Okay. Uh, he glaives. Help! I I'm glaiving. Wait, where did your pike go? There it is. Skirt. Uh. Hits. Uh, for ten damage. God, God damn right it does. And he swings again. Uh, misses. Kozlo, you're up. Alright. We will begin with another burst from the flamethrower. Oh god. Alright, here come the uh, dexterity saving throws. Uh, starting with the guy in the front. Uh, fails. This is gonna hurt. Up oh, damage. Uh, nine damage to the guy in the front. Uh, he takes damages and is and is no longer charmed. Next guy, dexterity saving throws. Uh, fails miserably. Takes nine damage. And the last guard, getting blasted, dexterity saving throws, uh, fails and takes nine damage. Kozlo, your blast from the flamethrower obliterates the last guard. Oh, Turn that it. one was so charming, though. <laughs> uh, he is blasted into body parts that splatter across the pillar behind him. Uh, Treon looks back at, that one was mine. <laughs> Well, hurry up next time! Kill, steal, <laughs> kill, steal. My KDR. All right, Kozlo, your flamethrower has blapped. What else are you doing? Uh. I will go ahead and chuck another firebolt grenade. All right, excellent. Uh, What's your target? Still the one that stabbed me. This guy. All right. Uh, this guy because is... he stabbed me, so I hate him. Okay, he's hostile again. A 13 misses. Damn. Your grenades aren't landing today, my friend. Perhaps it should be Grease Finger, not Green Finger. Maybe you should have all those drinks in the bar, Kozlo. <laughs> yeah, you're wasted. I should have had a few more. I'm always better with a dozen drinks in me! Gozzle, you have action and bonus action. You have move available. Um, I'll stay where I am. Um, and I guess I don't really need to insight anything at this point either, so I'll just... Uh, that'll be the end. Alright. Uh, next up, the guard in the back, who is currently baned, uh, is going to... is going to... Slice at uh, Dreon. 
with his pike. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Uh, does 11 hit your armor class? Minus 24 oh, is minus Oh, he is, he is banned. Uh, okay, that's not hitting. That's not hitting anything. Uh, one second. Uh, 15? No, he's, uh, he's also gonna eat a repost. Oh, the Bane rep- What? The Bane repost? Crack a combo. Yeah. <laughs> Got him. Uh, uh, 21 hit. It does. Alright, and then there's this. Alright, 11, 11 slashing. So it's no. gonna be 14 total. Alright. A mighty oh, wait, hit. No, actually, sorry. It gets the it gets the superior dice as well, so it might be dead. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh wait, no, oh, sorry. Oh my god, no, no, that's all sorry. of them. That's too many. It's, How superior are these one? dice? It's so superior. Uh, so an extra two damage. Hey Rob, I don't want to be a jackass, but technically Polar Master allows you to take a bonus attack as an additional action that does a d4 or just as a bonus action it doesn't add to every attack so it's actually kind of better hey, let me see what'd you what'd you say oh let me read it um you keep your enemies at bay with reach weapons you gain the following benefits when you take the attack action or an attack with only a glaive blah 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 you can use a bonus action to make a melee attack with the opposite end of the weapon this attack uses the same modifier as the primary attack this weapon's damage die for this attack is a d4 it deals bludgeoning damage so you are basically flipping around your thing and bonking him with the other end of the stick. So you do so have to make a to you have to make an attack, yeah, but it does have yeah. the uh, chance to crit. And it also has all of your added damage from like strength and stuff in the weapon. So okay, like, that makes more sense. So in in reality, like would not have taken the uh, the three damage here from the that I added for the um, polar master. So he should have three more health. Well, you can still, if you are doing the Polearm Master attack, you would just have to roll to hit again. Well, I, do I get a bonus action on this attack? Uh, have you taken a bonus action yet this round? Uh, I took a bonus action on my turn. Oh, okay. So, oh, so it's a repost. So, okay. So, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't be. Okay, so he'd yeah. have three hit points. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Not a problem. Uh, the Baned guy... We'll end his turn. Next up, Tugum. There are till, okay. uh, still two zombies up. One baned and looking rather damaged. On the other in the front, clawing at Dreon. I'm just going to uh, swing my hand axe at the one in the back. I'm not sure if you have range. you throwing something. No, it says I have range is 20, and he's 20. Uh, that would be if you throw it. Can I do that? Yeah, you, yeah, you can toss it. You would just All like. Right, I, want to, I want to throw my hand axe into that guy in the back. Okay. Um, so it says I rolled a hit one, right, or the damage? Yep, one. rolled to hit first. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the axe goes flying off into the distance and lands near the green light in the center of the room. Uh, I knew I should have thrown it underhand. Uh, your hand axe is no longer <laughs> in your inventory, and you miss. Right. Uh, you have taken an action. You have a bonus action and a move available still. I'm just gonna stand there and shrug my shoulders like an idiot. <laughs> Said. 
Uh, Azrael, you're up. Uh, Azrael is going to glide okay. forward to here. Okay. And they're going to cast Word of Radiance. Oh, God. Uh, so both zombies need to make a DC 14 constitution saving throw. All right. Oh, could you do that too? I know you got word right. Oh, okay. That's a cantrip. Never mind. Uh, next one, the one next to you uh, fails. Uh, he's baned. So he super fails. Mm -hmm. uh, the one down below uh, succeeds. Sure. Uh, so the one on the top takes two radiant damage. Yep. And does and the one on the bottom take anything? Nope. All right. What is your word of radiance, by the way? What word do you uh, utter? There, There's not a single word. It's uh, like a cacophony of whispers and a number of like little spectral children kind of run out and around them uh, and just like the cold blue light just bursts up around them as uh, the children laugh uh, as, the, as the children break out into laughter the radiant damage actually is doubled against the guards as they are vulnerable to radiant and you kill the baned one and it explodes as the children laugh. Azrael, does that end your turn? That is... Yes, we'll end our turn. We won't spend anything else here. Draylon, you're up. There's still one decaying guard left. He's very interested in you. Aww. Dreon had actually looked back and also uh, yelled at Azrael, That one was mine too! <laughs> so much kill stealing. Honorless dogs. Two gum yells back. Alright, I'll let you finish out the last one then. I'm sending this one out. We can always break him back if you'd, if you'd like, Dreon. Drian grumbles. Goddamn, I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Drian, uh, what are you doing with your turn? Sorry, I thought you were apparently. Me. Apparently, just yelling and complaining, because that's what he does. Um, all right, going to swing the glaive. A twenty hits. Okay, going to roll damage. Jesus. Fourteen. And then is going to swing with the polearm bonus. Um, and is going to use a superiority die for precision strike. Oh. So let's see. It's a 1d8 to my precision. It doesn't add to damage, I don't believe. And 18 uh, hits. So, okay. And rolling the damage. Okay. So it's going to be 19 damage total. Uh. Drian, as you flip your glaive around, you impale the guard upon the wall with the butt of your glaive. And it hangs there limp, dead, suspended off the ground as you growl into its face. Hey, that one we 
was mine! Why is everybody calling dibs on all these monsters? Tugum just starts clapping. Says, hey, he finally got one. Like holds holds or not Azrael, fuck. Dreon holds up the uh holds up the zombie on his glaive and like pulls it close to his face and just fucking growls at the dead thing. And then like throws it off of his glaive disgustedly. Uh, Dreon is going to move forward into the room um, and immediately do an investigation check. All right, make a roll for me. <laughs> wow, there's a pretty green light in the middle of the room. Uh, and there's also a, a hand... Axe. Uh, okay, one moment, please. Uh, Tuga, make me a constitution saving throw, please. Uh, where is that? Uh, it will be on your character sheet on the left side, uh, and it'll be like your, it's, it's like a two by, what, three, two by three grid? Where, like, it says your strength uh, con. Okay, okay. Save. Yeah, perfect. Uh, an eight, unfortunately. Tugum, as you approach the green light in the center of the room, uh, you start feeling sick to your stomach. Your skin gets dry, desiccated. You feel like this light is sucking the life energy out of you. Uh, Tugum, you take four points of necrotic damage from your proximity to the light as you pick up the hand axe. I'm, I, oh, can't move out. Uh, I'm gonna move you one. Sorry, I'm Tugum, paused. you don't look well. What Ooh. happened? The, the light burns. Uh, Dreon looks at the light and then looks at Azrael. Do you know what that is? Oh, um, maybe. Uh, Azrael do an Arcana check. Uh, Azrael will use their knowledge from a past life. Ooh. To roll an additional d6. Yes, let's see what the friends in your head have to say. Yes. Ah, ne necrotic orbs. Bulging with light. Hmm. These tend to be some sort of sustaining device. And with their necrotic nature, they must be pulling their energy from another source. But it helps to sustain the dead around them. I think it was here for our friends there. It helps them stay moist. Dreon, <laughs> like, thinks about, like, he is visibly thinking, like, loading screen. <laughs> okay, well, let's keep going. <laughs> um, uh, Dreon, you, you were passing... Weapon racks in various states of decay. Uh, Dreon's going to investigate to see if any of them look serviceable. 14 investigation. Very good, Dreon. Uh, Dreon, pressed between some of the books on the shelves, uh, you managed to find a rotted pouch with 13 gold inside. Dreon takes it and like looks around and then sees that everyone is actually looking at him. I found us 13 gold. 
doink? He was gonna take that gold. Uh, Trion is going to investigate the door. It's wow. all safe. It's perfectly safe. In fact, what could go wrong? Azrael well, peeks their head around the corner. Kozlo, are you alright? Kozlo's like checking over the flamethrower. Like pats it and goes, Come on, boy! Come on, boy! Come on, boy! <laughs> woof, 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 woof! The flamethrower starts to walk over towards the next door. Skirt! Uh, skirt! 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 Alright. I don't hear skirt. anything behind this door. I think uh, we used the flamethrower same way we did before. I'll open it, Skirt. and then the flamethrower ah. goes. Skirt! Ah! I'll stay. You go. Skirt! Uh, is the door, it's a stone door, right? It is a stone door, similar to the okay. previous one. So I couldn't burn the door down. No. <laughs> uh, anyone else have a better idea? Tugum raises his hand, points what? at Wargong. I said better idea. So is the door like, does it have like a, like a, a doorknob that needs to be turned or something? Or could the flamethrower literally just push it open? Uh, the, it has a, um, like a, like a thumb latch on it. So you'd like push the, the latch down and then push it open. You can like, just crack the door a little and then I can make a uh, flamey here. Just walk right through. So more or less same plan. Got it. Uh, same plan, but maybe you don't get me stabbed in the face this time. Well, he gestures at you. Looks like you've already learned, and that's really the heart of warfare. Now you're standing back there. We'll make a soldier out of you yet. Oh, Coslo. <laughs> yeah. Here, take take this for a little bit. And Azrael hands you a shiny platinum band, like a ring. Oh! Put this on. Uh, Kozlo immediately puts it on. Good. Azrael puts on a matching one. Oh, you're married now. Are you goblin <laughs> married now? <laughs> uh, no, he's he is zombie married. Oh, it's yep. Oh, there's technically Azrael. Azrael proposed. So. Is that and there's more of them? So but... yeah. Okay. Uh. <laughs> so Drian is going to try to like reach across five feet to open the door from another square. Christina, uh, you are not a bugbear, and you do not have natural reach. <laughs> God damn it! I should have been a bugbear. Uh, <laughs> if you were a bugbear, I'd absolutely allow you to do that. Okay. Drian, uh, would you Would you like me to go first? Uh, Drian kind of sizes you up. Can Drian? Drian's gonna roll an inside check to see if he can figure out how armored up uh, Azrael is. Uh, uh, as far as you know, Azrael is head to toe in like this full kind of tarnished plate armor. Uh, obviously, you see their face is very gaunt and hooded, but they have tons of armor and they have a large round shield. Uh, yeah, maybe. like crest like. The, the cycles of the moon embossed on the front. And that's all. They have no weapon. Yeah. You know what? I actually did kind of take a bit of a beating that fight, so why don't uh, why don't you get up here and, and you can open the door. Okay. 
For the record, Akashva would have never let you open the door. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, Akashiba wouldn't be caught dead with Azrael, so... Uh, That's fair. That's fair. Azrael will investigate the door. Uh, All right. Uh, one moment. Uh, the door appears to be of solid stone make with a simple thumb latch on it. Anything with a thumb could probably get this open. It does, it does not appear to be trapped. Okay. Here we go. Oh dear. Uh, you uh, excuse me. <clears throat> you open the door, and you see another uh, foul light fixture in the center of the room, and it's also emanating a green light. Uh, with your investigation check, you you see some heavy foot traffic that appears to be going down to the south. Uh, further on the opposite side of the room, uh, you see a solid wooden door. Uh, and this one appears to be actually much more well-made than these simple stone doors that you've come across. Um, Drian, can yeah. you reach that orb while staying outside of its light with your glaive? Uh, the one I... behind us. I have a crossbow. Don't you have reach on your uh, on your glaive? Does this would it be ten foot reach? I think glaives have ten foot reach. Yeah, let me double check. Glaive, DDB items. Yeah, I'm just curious. Is this? Hold on. Let me. Just uh, yeah, it has reach. It has reach. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Maybe you should try to shatter that one. Ah, well, if you think it'll help, uh, Drion tries to attack. <laughs> Uh, mm, you don't have really a lot of room to maneuver around, uh, in between these pillars. Uh, let me let me try over from here. Let me try controlling my character again. There we go. Uh, Drian's going to swing again. Okay. Uh, you will make contact with the orb. Okay. Uh, like a baseball bat, you knock the orb off the platform and it shatters in the corner of a room, the light going out with a noxious puff of green mist. I mean, it worked, but it did it... What did, it did it accomplish anything? Should we try well, it with this one? Um, it will certainly mean that whatever undead are floating around here won't be quite as empowered, perhaps? I don't right. Um Drion is going to fire with his crossbow. So he's actually going to get on the other side of Azrael. Okay. And he's going to take out his crossbow. And he's going to look at the rest of the group. Be ready in case something reacts to this. And is going to fire a crossbow bolt at the green. Nope. No. All right. Drian, you pull out your crossbow. Ready a bolt. Aim. And you fire it into the door beyond. Bonk. I almost never use this thing. Uh, the door. The door flares up with a purple light. Oh. And that's where we'll end today's session.
Should have investigated that one there, Drion. <laughs> he investigated it with his uh, with his crossbow bolt. Good yeah. job, Drion. Nice critical fail to crying cat emoji. Thumbs up. <laughs> That's pretty much just been Drion today. <laughs> uh, so welcome to uh, welcome to Maginox. Welcome to Arctis. Uh, I wanted to say uh, to everybody, thank you for playing with me today. Uh, I hope you are enjoying your crawl through this strange undead laboratory, and we will continue uh, your delve through this dungeon uh, next Monday. Did you guys have fun? Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thumbs up. Uh, so we will continue where we left off uh, with Drion funking a crossbow bolt into the door beyond and it flaring up with a great purple light. Cool. Yeah, thanks I for wanted, I want everybody to know, I don't know if anybody here watched this Rick and Morty, but the episode with like the slut dragons, where like Rick and Summer are just doing everything and casting spells and Morty's in the back, like flipping through the book, trying to find the right spell. Like, that's been me the whole time, like <laughs> flipping through my spells. Yeah. Like, what do I do? Wait, what can I do? That's in everybody's first game, it happens because it's just, it's a lot of information, like all at once. And I think like for the first couple rounds, I felt like even Akashaba was like, uh, you know, I'm just going to dome people and like kind of, kind of feel this out, you know? So like getting used to what you can and can't do and like your yeah. own character limits uh, is, is totally natural. So if you feel a little bit out of water this session, it's, to it's totally natural. And yeah, we are like my recommendation would be just for what I did was like if, when I wasn't playing, I just took some time to like sit down and kind of like look at my loadout and just write down I thought anything that might be interesting in combat, and that was helpful. Yeah, or even like since you're a bard too, like ways to buff and bolster your um your allies because that's where a lot of your like you're going to be doing a lot of controlling stuff. Like the suggestion last uh, combat was great. But then you learned that it immediately ends upon damage when Kazo fire blasted it with the cannon. So it's like, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Hey, I'm casting here. Oh, I'm I'm casting over here. <laughs> cool. Are you casting where I'm flame throwing? <laughs> um, I'm gonna bounce. But thanks for the game, everyone. It was fun hanging out. Yes, thank you guys all for showing yeah. up today, and uh, I'll see you in Discord. Bye. Right, bye. Later. Bye, guys. All right. Yay. A good session and fun. That is our first er, session of uh, Arctis Commas. I hope you guys enjoyed. These guys will continue delving through the darkness of the region of Polaris next Monday. Hope you guys enjoyed this uh, this new game. Got a couple fresh faces. It's always fun telling a fun story. And we hope you guys will continue watching and follow along with their adventures uh, Monday at 6 Pacific. Anyway, have a good night, everybody. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you next time.